Thank you so much for joining today's episode. I just want to take a quick moment and tell you that my interview with Kasha is one that I believe everyone that wants to either work in Japan or has language skills or dreams of language skills and even working remotely from different countries is going to be one that is for so many people. While we were recording, I did the best I could, but I didn't notice that there was kind of a noise going uh, throughout. And I truly spent uh, umpteen days and umpteen hours trying to clean it up as best I can. But I really do feel that what you're going to be hearing is truly worth your time. And really, in the end, not so bad. You're going to really enjoy our talk and all that Kasha has to offer. Now, on to our regular show opening. Thank you. Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to a special Lost Without Moments bonus interview episode of the Lost Without Japan podcast. Our bi-weekly podcast is focused on getting you to Japan for your first visit or to make your next adventure to Japan an even better one. Today's special interview is with Kasha, a resource for your job search for Japan and for companies looking to utilize all of their resources in a truly global effort. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan and his own return finally in summer 2023. I'd like to thank you all for giving me a bit of your time today, and I truly hope this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we could all use a beacon like this one in our lives help guide us during these times, and my hope is that Japan and this podcast will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, and if you're a returning Lost Without listener, thank you again for your time and for returning once more. For today's show, let me introduce a special guest and founder of NihongoJobs.com, a blogger, and IkigaiConnections.com, a trainer of bilingual, biculture employees, and a consultant of businesses that are looking to truly utilize all the resources they have to offer. I must say, Kasha, that it's amazing how one connection can truly introduce you to so many amazing individuals. And I'm so thankful for Jeff from Rediscover Tours and the websites and everything, just being able to get us connected. I'm so thankful for that. Same here. I'm happy to be here. Um, Having my plans uh, to move to Japan a bit later in life, I am constantly looking for resources to help provide me with as many options as possible for my first job in Japan. And I truly feel fortunate to have Kasha join us. And, you know, selfishly, you know, <laughs> you know, for myself too, but for you listeners, I really think this is going to be great. Welcome, uh, Kasha. Thank you so much for making time for the show. And, you know, setting aside some time uh, to give, show, you know, kind of like what you're all have to offer. So 
Um, before we get going to, with today's episode, where can listeners go to take advantage of your services and to answer any additional questions they may have after listening to our talk? Sure. I'm very happy to share. Thank you again for this wonderful invitation. I basically have two websites. The one is if you are looking for a job in the United States that's Japan-related, that one is nihongojobs.com. And then everything else, if you want to find a dream job in any country, I think I give a lot of advice on ikigaiconnections.com. Wonderful, wonderful. And you are exceedingly active on LinkedIn as, as well. Like it's one of those things like you're always, you know, uh, popping up, you know, postings and things like that. So yes, it is my platform of choice, especially because it is job related. And I have some great people that interact, that I interact with all the time. So it's a lot of fun. Excellent. Just a little bit about yourself before we get, you know, too much into all you have to offer. Uh, could you go ahead and share just a little, you know, introductions about yourself, anything that you are, you know, comfortable sharing? Sure. I've basically been studying Japanese since high school, and I decided to, I guess I decided to study Japanese because a teacher told me to, and it was something that I just said, okay, on the whim, and I loved it from the beginning, but wasn't really good at it. And then they had this program to go to Japan in high school and I nobody wanted to go my year. So they kind of convinced me to go and that changed my entire life. Um, ever since then, I've just been, I feel as if, and this sounds strange, I feel as if I was Japanese in a former life because I really can relate to so much of the culture. And when I lived there total for about eight years, I just, I loved the people. The people were very kind to me. Um, very respectful. I appreciated the, you know, the order in Japan, like the orderliness. So even if you go to the craziest intersection in Shibuya in Tokyo, you think that it's chaos, but it's actually organized. And it's not scary at all once you get used to it. And just, there's a lot of things about Japan that I think is just amazing and beautiful. And like the episode with Jeff, um, he talked about onsen and the hot springs. And just that just is so such a great part of the Japanese culture too that is so different for non-native Japanese people to appreciate but once you do it's great um karaoke the singing is also completely different than what we have here in the states so just a lot of these cultural things that are just so amazing about the culture and yeah it's just it's got me hooked still after like 30 some years still hooked Sounds good. And like you, you have all of that and like what a like, you know, meant to be moment in life, you know, having something like that occur. Um, yes. What ended up having you lead, you know, to creating Nihongo Jobs? Was it something that you did once you returned, uh, you know, stateside or what ended up bringing that about? Well, I've actually always wanted to find a job where I can use my Japanese skills. So my first job search activity was in Japan. And that was during a time when there wasn't much internet, it was just kind of like use the newspaper to find a job or word of mouth and faxing and, you know, sometimes emailing, but it was, ew, I'm dating myself here, but it was not super accessible to know what jobs were out there. And then I also looked for jobs in, um, in Poland as well as Italy and then in the United States. And every time I just found myself struggling to, to first find the jobs and second to convince them to give me a chance because they said, well, you're not Japanese. How can you, how can you speak it? And I said, well, I don't speak it perfectly. I make a lot of grammatical mistakes, but my passion makes up for it. So yeah. 
it's my personal battle. And when I came back uh, to Michigan uh, after my travels, I remember looking for these websites that used to exist back in the day and they don't exist anymore. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to have to make my own. So I did. <laughs> and there you go. That's, you know, that that is wonderful. And that's something at least like you're interested in what you're doing and you know, like what you're doing is providing impact to others, like, you know, on a regular basis, because otherwise, you know, making those connections, that's hard because it's usually like a very yeah. in-person, you know, you know, front facing type of deal. So that's wonderful. Thank um, you. No. For you, um, what are some of your Japan experiences that, you know, of that time that you were there, you know, both personal and, you know, now as like a uh, business leader uh, as well? Oh, so many. I, it's so hard to, to choose, but really, I think I grew as a person living in Japan. And I also, I think the biggest thing I will say is that it gave me a perspective on the world that I didn't really realize I needed. So I went into Japan, whether it was my university programs or my work, thinking that, you know, hey, I'm this American and I can do this right and I can do that. But it was the confidence that I felt I needed to, I needed to prove myself, right? But it's kind of a different, it's the opposite culture. You're more humble. So I really had to, it was an identity crisis of a sort at first. And now I kind of realize I have... Um, my personality is adapted to the Japanese culture when I'm with Japanese people or in Japan. And in America, surprisingly, I struggled with reverse culture shock longer than I would have liked to admit because I felt that Japan connection as well. Plus, I'm of Polish descent, so I speak Polish and I know the Polish culture, so that kind of messes with your identity a little bit. But Japan welcomed me and I wanted so bad to be a part of the culture. And I'm so thankful for how I grew as a person. And I'm still growing, obviously, but it was just a very momentous time of my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you went because of school and an amazing right. opportunity. Um, was there anything else that like attracted you to Japan, like either on that trip or things that followed? I really like kanji. So I wanted to, it was like a puzzle to me, but also the food. Because when I first went to Japan, in, as I was a 17-year-old student, I did not know what Japanese food was like. I never really had sushi, didn't, never went out for sushi. And then I remember eating miso soup for the first time. And now it's fine. Probably everybody knows what miso soup is. But I went there and I'm just like, what is this? And it was tofu, right? But I thought, yeah. is this like that fried? It was a fried tofu. But I, was, I thought, is this like squid or is this octopus or what is this? <laughs> so it was scary diving into trying out all these food things that my host family and my other friends would prepare for me. But oh man, is Japanese food good. Could not agree more. I, I, I've been mm. known to have like five, five pork cutlet, you know, curry meals in a day <laughs> in the past. So yeah, I will follow right after you with that. Um, when you went as a student, what led to actually you living there for that eight period of, you know, eight years period of time? Did your parents just say, <laughs> you know, see you or, you know, like, <laughs> it's been good or what, what led to you being able to be there for eight years? Oh, um, the first one was my father. Really, he talked with my teacher and they both decided it was good for me. And I, being a good student, said, sure, let's do it. Um, but I think, you know, my parents emigrated from Poland to the United States and they had the international feeling. And I think they wanted to instill it in us as well. So that was the first high school experience. But after that, I came back 
and I decided to major, find a college uh, with Japanese programs. I went to Boston University and they had another exchange program. So then I needed no convincing. However, I needed money. So I needed to get a scholarship and I worked really, really hard, me and two other students from BU in order to get to our Kyoto program. So that was a hardship that we somehow overcame. And then after that, I came back from college and realized I have to go back. What options do I have? And it was either the JET program, the Monbusha scholarship. So I took my chances. I picked the MEC. And then I was able to go back to Japan. And that's how I got there. And once I was there, I didn't want to leave. I just I had to get a job and I wanted to stay there. And it was just incredible. That is awesome. When you're um, like you are able to return to Japan, do you have any go-to locations or things that you're like the first thing I step off the plane that you know besides sleep that I that I want to <laughs> yeah. do? Like, what are some of those things uh, that you'd like to return to? Oh my goodness, honestly, miso ramen is the first thing that I want to eat when I get back. But I I want to plan my trips around two times, either the cherry blossom time, which is very hard to um, to schedule, of course. But there's, it's also when the most people are there in Japan, so it's very crowded and very expensive. But the other one is in the fall when there's this shrub bush called the kinmokuse that starts to bloom. And it's the smell is really, really, really good. It's my favorite smell on the whole planet. And it's even harder to gauge when that's going to happen. But it's sometime in October, depending on which area you go to. So honestly, I, that's kind of what I want to do. So food and smells. <laughs> it's I gotta say like when I was able to visit in November when I went through Fulbright um that was my favorite trip just hands down nice. like being in Kyoto when all the leaves changed and it was just like yes. as far as you could see just oh like I I, I could 100% get behind that and one of these days yes. you know I, I love my you know summertime because I have that time off but Yes, at some point in time, I will definitely, you know, follow in your footsteps uh, for that one. So <laughs> nice, nice. Um, your websites and services you have, mm. like what type of jobs could one expect to find? And I know you kind of have two different, uh, you know, domains and things like, could you kind of just go into a little bit of depth about that? Absolutely. So I'll start generically and then I'll get closer to the U.S. So generically, on the Ikigai Connections website, I try to have blog posts and senpai success stories of people who have had Japanese jobs in all industries and different countries. And I also have some resource pages that some amazing interns from a couple years ago created for my site. So there's different like resource pages for Japan, for the UK, Mexico, Canada. And you can go there and you can see a list of recruiters and any kind of you know networking group. So the Japan page is really long. And that one lists as many recruiters as we could find. It shows some, you know, in-person networking events, some uh, networking groups, meetups, things like that, language opportunities. So anybody who wants to go to Japan, that's the page I recommend because there's so many companies in Japan that help non-native Japanese people go to and work in Japan. There's a plethora of them. So now the other website I have is just a job board for anybody who's looking for jobs, Japanese-related jobs in the United States. So it's nihongojobs.com. They can go there. And also there are some resource pages as well, like a list of recruiters, because I'm not a recruiter. I just have the job board where I try to connect people 
and I'm very fortunate to have nearly 12,000 followers right now. So it's hard to keep up with everybody. And it's just me still with some help from, you know, contractors. But I try to just um, remove myself from the picture and have the companies and the job seekers connect, have fun, uh, you know, meet, interview, et cetera, et cetera. So I have a lot of my mission for um, connecting the companies and the job seekers in the United States is very much to have them see that there's a lot of bilingual people here in the U.S. I know it's maybe bilingual is kind of a, a strange word to say because there's different levels of how you can be bilingual. You can be you can know the culture very well, and that's going to help you in a job as well too. So I'm just trying to share with employers that there are so many candidates that they're not seeing right now. So I'm passionate about it. I speak about it in English and in Japanese, and trying to get the word out that there's people like us out there who would just love to have any opportunity to either, you know, even if you don't speak the language, you can use the cult, the cultural experience you've had. And I often say, if somebody is in college and goes to Japan for a study abroad program, whether it's half a year or a whole year, they've already experienced so much about Japan that they can use in a career. It's not even funny, but they don't see that and the companies don't see that. So I'm great raising awareness about that. That's awesome. And like, for the different jobs that are available, are they mainly like a part-time thing, seasonal, uh, remote? Like what type of jobs are offered? All kinds. Okay. Today I have 3,210 job ads. So they cover all states, even Puerto Rico is included. There's um, all levels, whether it's sometimes there's internships. Those are still hard to find, but I'm going to help promote those too. Full-time, part-time contract. Um, remote is getting a little bit more popular lately, thankfully, because the the request for re remote jobs is huge on the part of job seekers. And the levels of, of language ability that you should have are also all over the board. So they go from not required but appreciated, basic, intermediate, advanced, and native. So and everything is covered. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I say that, and it's my uh, goal someday to finally get to that, you know, uh, point. Like I slow and steady wins the race and me exactly. having the time that I have, like, you know, I'll get there. I'll get there. Yes. Um, yes. One of the things I noticed on your sites when I was reading about you was that, um, like your belief in meditation. And that's one, I think that like we can share in, um, but how is, um, your Ikigai and meditation of adding and taking things away in your life help you, uh, just in general or help you find this? That's a good question. Nobody else has asked me this. So kudos to you for thinking of this. And and first of all, thank you for reading that on my website. I actually dabbled in meditation more when I was in the um, beginning stages of my business about five years ago. The last couple of years, I got so busy that I kind of stopped doing it. But I'm back. I'm back this year. I've got the calm app. We're doing things. And it's. I find when I speak with a lot of job seekers and I ask them what do they like to do? What would they like to have their careers be revolved around? Most of the time they say, I don't know. And those tend to be people who are still kind of in college or maybe they're back from the JET program and they're really not sure because they haven't experienced it. So I always say, one of the things I like to say is try to get quiet. Put your phone away for like five minutes, turn off the notifications, maybe get a journal or just think or talk out loud or talk to a friend and see kind of like calm the chaos that's around you. And people can do it in different ways. For me, I'd like to sit with my little calm app and and uh, try to get all the thoughts out of my head, but very difficult to do. But I think some people just need to 
sit still for a little bit just to realize what they actually like to do in this life. So think about like today, hey, you know what, something happened at school today or at work today that I didn't really care for. Hmm, I wonder if that's really like what I like to do. Or, hey, this happened at work and, you know, I was involved in this project and I got to do tasks A and B. Wow, was that fun. Wow, time flew by. You know, maybe I should kind of dig into that a little bit deeper and see if the company has more of those roles that they'd like me to do. So it's it's not something that like people, you weren't born to wake up and know what we like to do in our world, in our life. So it's just every day kind of getting quiet. And I, I might be babbling on this topic for a little bit, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. Yes. It's very, it's very important. No, it is. And it, you, you don't realize how much that can impact just like your day as a whole or just, you know, stress yeah. levels or things that you yeah. have. Like it's it, definitely, I could not agree more. And what, like someone that's looking for jobs and things that you've already kind of mentioned some of the obstacles that you could encounter, mm-hmm. but um, how do, you know, like what does your services and things provide to help assist people with that? So I basically try to focus on the job board specifically. So I just direct people to that URL and say, go ahead and search. And if you're interested, apply to the company. I used to be in the middle between the candidate and the the company, and that did not work because it caused delays and I just couldn't keep up. So I removed myself from that equation. Now, I also have a lot of training that I do, um, not to promote this because it's really kind of not much, but I do have a very tiny YouTube channel where I've done some videos with this great person, Chia, who is very good with um, talking to other Kakehashi employees, like we're the bridges between people. So we've we have some phrases to share. A lot of the blog posts and stories are meant to inspire people and give them advice on what they can do if they want to search for a job, especially the senpai success stories. They're written by so many guest speakers that, you know, like if they're in IT or maybe they're in teaching or finance, you can kind of read what they're doing and get ideas for how you can also maybe uh, follow their footsteps. Um, But the training I also have, I have Japanese Jobs 100 and Japanese Jobs 200. And that's more for, I'm kind of focusing on the 200 portion because a lot of people can come back from Japan or they're looking for a job at a Japanese company and maybe they have the language skills and maybe they have some business, but they need to polish it and get ready for like their first real job. So what I do there is I will give them, I, um, we just had a live cohort last September. I'm going to make an evergreen portion uh, sometime maybe March of this 2023 so that people can get it anytime they want, not have to be live. But basically, it's going to introduce you, hey, first job, first week of onboarding, this is what I have to learn so that it sets you up for success so that, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. And I've trained people in the past live and, and online. I think I, I feel comfortable saying, hey, you should learn these phrases. You should learn these business concepts like horenso, nemawashi, honnetatemae, uh, and things like that. And then, hey, if you're going to be supporting people who speak Japanese, let's say expats in Japan, Here's how you can help them because of what you've already experienced. You know what it's like living in a foreign country. Here, take it to the next level. So things like that is what I try to do. So um, some of those are free and some of those are paid. But basically, it's the free job board for candidates. Go find a job. There's plenty out there and just apply and good luck. (laughs) Excellent. And with you and all of your studies and things like that, do you have any... uh passing like you know tips or things that you have if someone is trying like their goal uh like myself eventually down the line uh Mm -hmm. uh, passing in one uh do you have any tips or things that work for you in your you know study of japanese and 
like a second part to that, I guess, would be like, how do you keep, you know, your language skills kind of like fresh mm. or like, you know, adding to uh, with, you know, being on the opposite side? So I'll answer that with two, uh, two answers. The first one is I think that your some personality traits will help you out if you are open-minded and willing to learn. You can really go far because companies see that and they're like, wow, we can give them something. Of course, they have to train you or teach you or guide you. But if you have that kind of personality, it's very helpful. But the language component, I think, really will be one of the biggest things to help you get differentiated from the others. Granted, you can get jobs without your language skills, but if you can learn even the basics, so you've got hiragana, katakana, some kanji. Okay, a little bit of writing, that's perfect. Don't worry, and I always talk about this, the JLPT, Japanese Language Proficiency Test, is my <laughs> very passionate topic I can talk about forever, but I don't think that studying for such an exam is as important as learning what's required in a daily business uh, day at work. So if you can get those kind of phrases learned, you can still go very far. And it just, I mean, it's a matter of learning some key phrases, which I talk about in my YouTube channel, but it's not like you have to get a huge degree and go into like the, you know, with the um, uh, special word for learning, linguistics. You don't have to go deep into the why behind the grammar. It doesn't matter. You are communicating with people at a company, whether you are remote or in person. And as long as you can get those communication skills, and if you can get over your like, oh, I have to be perfect, get over that. It's fine. You won't be perfect. Just It doesn't matter if you mess up your gods and your was. Just try and communicate yes. and show that you're willing to talk. So that's kind of the two things that I would say. Awesome. That's awesome. And with you, um, do you have anything like uh, for your sites or services or cohorts or things that I've not asked about that you'd like to add on like in this section where we're kind of talking about both? Nope. I think um, just patience. If people do reach out with questions, I get to them as fast as I can, but it takes me a little bit of time. So hopefully just um, the resources that I am sharing on my sites are helpful enough and I am open to ideas. So if you have other requests for what about this topic, come uh, send them my way and we'll see when we can get to that. So I want to help as many people as possible. Excellent. Excellent. And what are your goals for both of your sites and like we're in 2023 already it's kind of hard to believe uh but kind of like that that beyond like what are you looking to do i have lots of goals <laughs> lots of goals and i know that i need to focus and take them one at a time uh one of them is to start working with people to help me so some contractors virtual assistants which i have some people that i am uh, collaborating with to kind of help me with getting to the next level but also automation. So my job board is, let's say, 75% automated. I want it to be able to run so it's quicker so that I'm not a bottleneck. And so I just have a few more things to tweak there. And I think that will also be very helpful. But I would like to expand Nihongo jobs to other countries as well. So we'll see how that happens. Currently, I'm just making sure that the model works in the U.S. and that um, my mission, that the message I have for other employers reaches throughout all 50 states. And so that all the Japanese communities in our main areas are of the U.S. are realized that they can have can, they can rely on so many other people to help them with their global business, and they want to. There's so many people who are so passionate about it. So I just want to help be that bridge. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 
And for you, uh, is there, um, like with all of those things that you have offering on, like uh, for all your different sites, um, you seem to have like so much going on. Like how do you <laughs> find some time for yourself too, for your <laughs> hobbies, you know, or, or, or things you have, or, you know, you just, you know, feel like you're running constantly. Also a great question. I live in the middle of nowhere, so I can easily go for a walk and a long walk. I don't run into a human. It's great. Just very relaxing and I, you know, fresh air. So that's something that I like to do every day. A little bit of meditation, um, standing desk, things like that. But on the weekends, my husband and I will just, we'll watch like some great movies. We're really into the Marvel world. So we're catching up on everything there. So just kind of relaxing on the weekends, trying to have that, you know, people talk about a work-life balance. And sometimes, I mean, I, I, I'm a solopreneur. There's not really a balance that you can find, but I do try to make that happen. And I, it's hard. It's very difficult to say no to things, but um, it's very important for like, you know, mental health and just rest, getting enough sleep. So. I agree. I agree. And uh, I want to, again, just take a moment just to say thank you, you know, for sitting down and taking some time uh, with us. First sight, uh, both of them, like it really chock full with a lot of useful, you know, things, even if you're like, you know, Mike, I'm not going to be moving to Japan for some time. Start looking because there's so much there and it's good to kind of get a heads up before you start rolling along and, you know, waiting for that moment to get there. Um, but there is, there's so much uh, to have there. And like I said, there's so much that comes out both on your um, Instagram and, uh, you know, all the different things you have. But speaking of Instagram, um, once again, like where could listeners of Lost Without Japan find you know find you support you um and inquire about those uh cohorts and other things that you provide thank you so much it's been great to be a guest i'm so honored and i um like just a quick comment what you were saying about even if you have a dream in the future it doesn't hurt to start seeing what's out there just it you know plant these seeds in your head about what's possible and you can procrastinate on your dream for however long you feel that you need to. That's no problem. Even if you can't, um, procrastinate is a bad word. If you can't get to something at the current time because of your situation, that's a whole different story. But if it's something that you're like, you know, 10 years from now, hey, let's take a look at that. You start looking at ideas. Or let's say you're in college, you're thinking about like the JET program, for example. So you have a few years to get there. It doesn't hurt to just network and make friends. And networking is also a scary word, but just getting connected with people like on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or, or Twitter or wherever you, you want to be. So I do have um, all my social media sites are on each of my websites. So you'll be able to easily find them. So just go to ikigaiconnections.com and everything's listed there. And it's just, yeah, start making friends, see what's out there. Dream that dream. It's always important to have something to look forward to, you know? No, I could not agree more. And that trip uh, this summer with my son is that for me right now. So, <laughs> yes. and and the link to um, all of your websites um, and LinkedIn and those things will be in today's show's notes. So feel free to check those out. And I just want to, again, thank you, Kasha, for joining us today. Thank you so much. And, you know, truly on behalf of Lost Without Japan and its entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this interview, and we look forward to seeing you on board again for our next regularly scheduled episode as we continue our discussion on Japan, travel, culture, and your lost without moments. 
So to everyone out there, Oginki Day, stay well, my friends. Thank you.